On this episode of DC On Screen, an overly optimistic theory regarding James Gunn's The Suicide Squad, Ray Fisher says there might still be a chance he'll be in The Flash, and Zack Snyder speaks about the Restore the Snyderverse movement during Justice Con. All that, and a whole lot more news, plus some really fun questions from the listeners right after these desperate dealers peddle their wares. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxwain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into DC On Screen episode 634. This is the podcast where we talk about the DC Comics multiverse on film and television, give honest opinions on projects upcoming and past, and believe that every version of a property is valid, even if we don't want it to be. If it has been released, it is fair game. So beware of spoilers, and welcome to the show. I'm David C. Robertson, and this the man who stuck in his thumb, but what he pulled out was not a plum, Jason Goss. I pulled out blood. I'm literally wearing a Band-Aid <laughs> on my thumb right now. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh. I was trying to. It's, I was trying to fix a, a spring in a cabinet. Uh huh. And uh, I was just prying. And um, well, you can maybe see how this might go wrong. <laughs> so I eventually just shoved the screwdriver, the, the the flathead, into my thumb. Right. As one does. Yeah. And you know those injuries where you're like, okay, okay. All right. So there's a flap of skin, but maybe, maybe I didn't, maybe it, maybe it didn't go very deep. Maybe I didn't. Br- oh, no, I'm bleeding. I'm bleeding. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm really bleeding. I'm bleeding. I'm bleeding. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be bad. And I'm going to lose that patch of skin for a while. This is oh, just, God damn it. Yeah. It was one of those. <laughs> the other day, uh, I, I was getting gas in our, our car. The, like the little lever doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And we had to like open the gas thing the little the little flap Mm -hmm. we have to open it from the trunk (laughs) nice (laughs) yeah and um, i stuck in my hand and i was just like i felt like a little scrape against my thumb no big deal and a little jiggled the thing and it popped open i pulled out my hand and it's just like my thumb is just like gushing blood (laughs) because apparently like my cuticle like scratched up against some thin piece of metal in there and I was like, oh, oh, no, Man, that's not good. Those thin pieces of metal, they are just, uh, it's a whole thing. So I'm like over there like pumping gas, but I've got like, <laughs> I'm like trying to hold my finger over this little slit in my thumb and like just getting dried blood all over my every <laughs> finger. And it's like pouring out from my palm, just like been there and but 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 by the time that i uh i got finished with the gas and put everything up <laughs> and like people were looking at me like mm-hmm. people were just like looking at me and i'm like standing there with my little mask on mm-hmm. with <laughs> blood all over my hand and uh i got in the car and dug around and found like a napkin and used some water i had to like wipe myself off and i went oh good it stopped <laughs> nice like I held it tight enough. It was just like, God, it was a gusher for a minute. I don't know. 
Yeah, yeah. I had no such luck on this one. Yeah. By the way, your cabinets look good. I saw them the other day. Oh, thanks. Yesterday, I guess. Thank you. Anyway. Uh, big thank you to the patrons. $1 a month gives you every episode ad-free. And $5 a month gets you that plus whatever else we decide to put up. This week, uh, we talked about uh, sexual repression, fidget cubes, and whether or not there are microscopic eyelash bugs in the Matrix. In our warm-up to episode 633, which I am calling uh, Arsenic and Old Matrix. Mm. And that's available on uh, to all of our $5 patrons uh, over patreon.com slash DC on screen. Like and we that. just... I know. I, I enjoyed it. It was good work. I so rarely remember what the hell you're talking about when we're talking about a Patreon episode, though. Like, what the? Right? Like, I have to go back and listen. Oh, oh, we did talk about that for a while. Yeah, yeah. They're 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 and, uh, uh, <laughs> they're not intentional noted episodes. They're they're very free flowing. We're just like just episodes where we are chasing squirrels within chasing squirrels yeah. within chasing squirrels. It's just. Nothing but us seeing shiny objects and traveling down that road. Yeah, it's uh, and I, we just recorded like an hour of one too. So yeah, it's just like, ADD on record. Yep. Um, there is a donate button on dconscreen.com if you don't want to deal with Patreon but do want to help us out. There's also a uh, link to our uh, T Public store uh, where you can get a whole bunch of stuff from like wall tapestries and. Uh, t-shirts and you know ipad cases all sorts of shit with our logos on it so uh head over there hang out uh have a coffee stalk some pretty girls whatever mm-hmm. you want to do yeah <sighs> it's all digitally of course it's all virtual mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. can't have a literal store in the time of covid come on <laughs> it's just better this way i don't know what i'm talking about anymore <laughs> All right. Look, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna get to some news here, um, and some of the news actually uh, is stuff that came out of Justice Con 2021, which happened over the past weekend. And uh, I, you know, we we'd like to give a special shout out and congratulations to our friends Scott and Tim from DC Film Squadcast. Uh, they got to host some really cool panels. Scott interviewed Martian Manhunter himself, freaking Harry Lennox. Uh, Tim got to interview storyboard artist and DCUA director Jay Oliva. And then Scott and Tim double teamed Zack Snyder. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I always wanted to say that. (laughs) (laughs) On an army of the dead spotlight. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, Justice Con had some really cool stuff this year. And uh, I'll, you know, provide a link in the show notes to their YouTube channel. If you don't feel like, uh, Googling justice con 2021, cause that's really all you've got to do. Um, our friend wonder Meg and the nerd Queens got to interview Zack Snyder. Um, Deborah Snyder was interviewed. Uh, Shiraz Faruqi was interviewed by, uh, or, uh, interviewed Ray Porter. Uh, Chris Wong Swinson interviewed Ray Fisher. It's good stuff all around. And they even had like a really cool, um, I mean, I don't do cosplay, but I like watching people make it. Mm-hmm. And Liz Wonder uh, with uh, Addie Rodriguez and Susie Creates showed us how to make the Wonder Woman tiara and uh, and talked about cosplay. Nice. Have you seen Liz Wonder's stuff? Yeah. She looks like Wonder Woman, dude. Yeah. Like, nice. she looks. <laughs> it's solid stuff. <laughs> and, like, she, yeah, she makes some really cool shit. So, uh, absolutely go check all that out. And, um I don't know. That's just a small portion of what went on. There was a whole bunch of stuff. Um, anyway, to the news. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, James Gunn says that the Suicide Squad is 100% finished. He was promoting a uh, Den of Geek magazine, mm-hmm. the the cover story that's going to be out April 27th. And um, he says it uh, it has exclusive interviews with him, Margot Robbie, Idris Elba, John Cena, and Joel Kinnaman. And then he says, by the way, we completely finished the movie this week, VFX and all. Can't wait for you all to see it. That's exciting. I love knowing that it's uh, that it's out there. He once again reiterated that the movie is 100% his, um, that he had final say over everything. And um, there's there's a part of me that wants to believe it every time, but some part of me that's like, mm, I know. I've heard that before. I know. Me too. Yeah. I told <laughs> I told Scott of Squadcast today, uh, you know, I said, look, you know, I, he, well, I was, well, okay. I was telling him that I don't even believe that, uh, that the flash has started filming, even though they've announced it mm-hmm. or that it'll happen, even though it's filmed. I said, I don't even, you know, believe when it's in theaters that it's the real movie anymore. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he says, you know, it's a sad state of being. We've got to, you know question everything like this i was like look i i cynicism that's my comfort zone i'm at home (laughs) i get it (laughs) i mean even in the in the recent past i there was i i woke up at i mean i i wake up i got probably a dozen times a night for various reasons it um and you know a minute or two like long enough to remember that i woke up just to turn over or something like that but there was the the day that the Snyder Cut came out. It was I woke up at one thirty or two. I can't remember, and, and somewhere in that area. But I remember actually thinking like, mm-hmm, I just want to be sure, and pulled my phone up, brought up HBO Max, and played like a minute just to just to see it, just to be sure, so I could go back to sleep because I was worried about it. <laughs> just the tip, just for a minute, just to see how it feels. Yeah, and I had and and just. <laughs> Just, just watching, just watching that little bit of it. I was like, oh, "Do I have to go back to bed? No, I've got to go back to bed." Yeah, I, I, I did. I, I did it just to comfort myself, just to make sure it was is a real thing, man. Yeah, that's that is that's where we live. That's that's where we are. I mean, even the rumors about like the Batman. Um, mm-hmm. As many times as production was shut down for different. Uh, Sometimes COVID, sometimes not COVID related reasons like that, you know, production was on and off for a second here and there. I think it was all COVID, but yeah. I think it was all COVID, but it was paused a couple of times. It was. It was paused a couple of times it before was. for reasons that weren't necessarily. I mean, I'm not I talking about what it was those just were. like, I think I remember the production date scooting back a couple of times is all. And mm. I, I may be wrong about that, but the, uh, in any case, like over the last, say four months, if someone had just told you like, Hey, you know, I know we got a lot of it in the can, but. It's canceled. I I wouldn't immediately think you're full of shit. I would have been like, mm, okay, well, that, I mean, I I'll want to see a second source, but uh, I I could buy that. Oh man, there there like there are certain toxic Snyder cultists who, uh, not to say that all Snyder fans, because we're Snyder fans, we are. Not to say that all of them are toxic cultists. I'm just saying there are some. Everything is a spectrum, dude. There who, are uh, who there are, there are bad people everywhere. I swear to God, every week these people are saying like, "Oh yeah, Batman's canceled. The Batman is canceled because Batfleck is coming back. The Batman is canceled. Shut up! No, it's not. No, it's not. They realize they didn't want a Batman the sparkles. Shut up. That is one of the dumber comments. I hate that comment. I hate the jokes about Batman sparkling. It's so stupid. Like, dude, the guy played a role. 
in a very successful trilogy that made billions with a B of dollars. <laughs> and here's my favorite two things to point out. One, he he was in his teens and they backed up a Brink truck. I don't think he was in his teens. I think he was. I thought he was in his late <laughs> teens when he like just when he took maybe, the role. Maybe he was. Maybe he was. I don't know. But, tell you, you what. Know, let's say he's in he his early twenties. Who cares? They backed up a Brinks truck and said, "If you do this franchise, uh, franchise, you're you're going to make a ton of money." Uh, look, man, you can talk to me about the crossroads and selling out all you want, but at some point, we all have a dollar figure for certain things. Yeah, and then no, yeah, the other thing is Absolutely. he fucking hated the role too. Like. Yeah. It's not like he he has it, I I don't know when I've actually seen him defend it. <laughs> For the most part he's like, yeah, you know, there's a role. And yeah. that's about as kind as he gets about the whole thing. Look, yeah, there is a there's an episode of Seinfeld called The Chinese Restaurant where they're waiting on a table the entire episode and Elaine is starving and Jerry tells her to go he will give her $20 to go over to a table full of people, pick up some random piece of food, eat it in front of them and go thank you very much and come back. Mhm. And she goes, she looks at George and says, what do you think? Should I do it? And he goes, are you kidding me? For 20 bucks, I'd stick my face in their soup and blow. <laughs> <laughs> we all have a price. Yeah, it, yeah it's, it's a real thing. <laughs> a t- Twitter user, Mithy, mm-hmm. asks James Gunn, are you planning to develop future projects with DC or is the Suicide Squad kind of a one and done thing? James Gunn replies, I'm already more than halfway through shooting a season of a TV show's first season. Mm -hmm. So there is definitely more on the horizon. I mean. (laughs) Seemed obvious. Yeah. I liked how he was kind of a little bit of a dick about it. (laughs) I mean, uh, just, just, uh, it's not like he cited a previous article or something. He's just, just, just pointing it out. Aside from the fact that if you were paying attention. Aside from the fact that. We have known for quite a while that he was shooting Peacemaker. Yeah, exactly. Now, what's interesting, though, is that he did say it was the first season. So as far as I know, we didn't know it was ever going to be more than a limited series. I agree. Um, I don't want to look too much into that. I feel like a lot of people kind of say that offhand. but Yeah. But still, no. It's, um, yeah. Danny Shepard over on Twitter says, Hey, James Gunn, have you guys had any issues shooting Peacemaker's helmet? How are you guys dealing with all the unwanted reflections? I saw this. I just thought it was interesting. He says, yes, Peacemaker's helmet is a damn mirror ball. And we need to remove me and the crew from every single shot in which we use it. In the movie and in the show. We shoot a full wraparound plate of every set, most most of which are fortunately practical, to put in the helmet when needed. Yeah. Man, that's a pain it, in the ass. I hadn't thought about that. It was a good question. That that thing has to be a bitch. Mm-hmm. I, and then uh, another thing I hadn't thought of was like, well, what's the opposite? What if you just give them like a matte uh, green helmet and you try to reflect that? Well, then you have to go basically put like a GoPro on his helmet to figure out how you're supposed to reflect everything to, to honestly reflect what's happening around him because eventually it's going to show up somewhere. Like he's... He's going to be face to face with somebody like at their 12, 12 o'clock and, and you're going to wonder where that person is on his helmet. Like I could see that being a thing. I, I, that, that's gotta be a bitch. There has to be a prop guy whose job is basically to like handle that helmet, make sure it's polished and put it on his head right before they do take. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't care how trained you are and, Seen has been around long enough that he, I'm sure he has some control. I mean, look at his body. He's got some self-control. But 
eventually you're going to kind of mindlessly touch your head and readjust the helmet and that's going to be a smudge and it's going to show up probably on something that looks like that. Mm-hmm. I hadn't thought about all the mirror things. It was a, it was a really interesting question. <laughs> and it sounded yeah. like a fucking nightmare to deal with. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite thing from James Gunn this week, uh, someone, or Screen Rant, Screen Rant posted a theory, the seven characters who die in James Gunn's sequel. Mm-hmm. And James Gunn responded to this. He retweeted it. And then he said, this is overly optimistic to say the least. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Given that, I feel like we're going to, I feel like we're going to appreciate that. We didn't wait our Deadpool based on like, no, it's not going to be who survives. It's going to be who's left. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, it may just be that we get down to like four people that are left and we're like, well, you know, I guess you win by a count of two. <laughs> I mean, the tagline is basically, you know, don't get too attached. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, over on the flash, uh, they, uh, they are now filming. Nice. Um, yeah. They revealed a new logo for the movie and, uh, I know we joked, but it's I'm, got willing, a score I'm willing to believe it. it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's got a score attached, mm-hmm. and uh, they're playing music. And I saw a bunch of people, assholes, I guess, complaining that it was, they're ripping off the TV show Flash, and it even sounds like the music from the Flash. And then a bunch of other people were like, they're using the Danny Elfman score from Justice League. No, I don't think they are. It doesn't sound like that. I listened to both of them back to back. It doesn't sound like that at all. No. It's, I mean, I, now look, they What I'm learning is landed, that, like, in certain contexts, when people do those little like, and it's it's always a violin or a string section, or high violin or high string section, mm-hmm. and it's always this little like uh, I want to say sixteenth notes. Yep. Yep. And I know that's the Flash theme I just did from the CW, but like anytime there's something close to that, you're getting you have to put it in the context of musical history. Do you understand how many hundreds of people put those in like a symphonic? classical thing before it ever was a musical score on a television show. Yeah. In the context of musical history, it, it is irrelevant. That those two things sound even similar. I get how it feels that way, but it's they're They're not that similar. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they they've announced that their composer is Benjamin Wolfish who did mortal Kombat, the new mortal Kombat just this coming out well, and blade runner 2049. Um, and he says that, he says, I always try and wait until I've seen some footage before I write anything. But in this case, I had the script ahead of time and our early conversations between myself, Andy and Barbara sparked a lot of ideas. And so I started sketching ahead of seeing the movie, but within a week or so I went to a test screening and was completely blown away. What was lovely is there was so much room for experimentation. Andy is such an incredible creative partner that he was open to all kinds of crazy ideas and concepts, which is a wonderful sense of back and forth between us and feeling all options were on the table uh, when it came down to decision-making. So that that's really cool. Um, but yeah, Andy says that, that they've started. He says, here we go. The flash day one. Um, and it has been, it has been confirmed that Michael Keaton and Ben Affleck are playing Bruce Wayne. They didn't say Batman. <laughs> they said Bruce Wayne. Um, <laughs> so keep that in mind. Yeah. Though I'll, the concept I don't think I ever showed... conceived of seeing 
Michael Keaton in that costume. Not for this film. Well, they did have, well, speaking of conceiving, they had the concept art of Batman, uh, of Michael Keaton's Batman next to Barry Allen in what appeared to be a fight sequence. I know. And it was, it was gorgeous. I just, I don't think I ever actually thought I was going to see that. Uh, I don't, I don't think we're, maybe I'm wrong. Hell, I don't even believe it's happening. <laughs> I'll, be- I'll probably We're believe it in 10 years. like Schrodinger's uh, DCEU. Like, you can show me the movie and, and, in, in a year or so, and I'll still go, hmm, get back to me in two years. Yeah. <laughs> it, get back to me in, no, get back to me in six years when all the NDAs are up and none of the, none of the filmmakers have said, this was bullshit. Yeah. Because, you know. Based on stuff that Patty has said, I I really honestly just think like Wonder Woman 1984 was a cluster of argument outcomes between her and Jeff Johns. Mm, yeah, I could see that. Like, this is what we settled on. Hope you like it. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Ray Fisher said uh, in response to the Flash filming announcement, now if we could just get Walter Hamada to announce an apology to the participants of the Justice League investigation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because he told uh, Chris Wong Swenson during um, Justice Con, he says, I don't really expect anything, particularly particularly dealing with large corporations. They will oftentimes find a way to defy whatever expectation you may have. But I think where we could start is an acknowledgement and an apology of what is clearly publicly known to be an untruth. Then we can see where it goes from there. We can have that conversation. But I think that's where the accountability begins is us being able to come to the table and say, these are the things that's happened. Let's go, go ahead and try. Um, he says, I don't, I, I have to apologize. He says, there seems to be sort of narrative. I don't know why it is, but there's this thing that if you apologize, it denotes weakness. I have to apologize for things all the time, right? Ultimately it shows, Hey, I understand what the situation is. I'm willing to talk about that. If it's something folks are willing to make the uh, first step on, like I said, I don't have too many expectations when it comes to that, because as we've seen, folks have, uh, sp- folks have been digging their heels in pretty hard. So I'm just going to try to keep pushing, keep pushing for accountability. And whenever folks decide they want to pop their heads up for what I'm doing, I'll, I'll be there. Like, he's down to come back. Yeah. He just wants an apology. Yeah, I can see that. And, but then, you know, I, I don't know if you saw, um, we got the, we got the, um, the verdict in the, uh, George Floyd case. Yeah. And, and Warner media put up that statement about, you know, basically acting like they're not complicit in all of this stuff. Like, well, it was, they, they just, it was tone deaf and put the on their virtue they, signaling hat. They weren't like, it would have been an okay statement out of context. Yes. <laughs> but in context, it was like, yeah, no. And we're, we're working toward this every day. And I could almost see Ray Fisher raising his eyebrow and going like, mm-hmm, seriously, no, that's what, no. Oh no! He tweeted. He was like, "You got to be effing kidding!" Yeah, me. <laughs> I know. I know. I, I but I in in chronology for me, I saw that there was a hubbub. I didn't get to look into it. Then I looked into it the next day and read their statement. And without seeing his, I kind of knew. <laughs> I had like a the feeling. Big, uh, what 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 did they said? What was it? What they said they said uh, the work continues. Yeah, it was like the work <laughs> continues, <laughs> and we want to make sure everyone's. Uh, I, I it was so. It's not like anything they said was out outright, you know, wrong or misguided. It's just that in the context of the conversation they are currently in, it it had blinders on, dude. It was right, yeah. 
it was just deeply, deeply misguided as far as that goes. Yeah. It was, it was, you know, within context, as bad as the Nancy Pelosi thing. Oh, did you God, see what she said? Yeah, I did. That was awful. Thank you for sacrificing your life for justice. He didn't say, he didn't have a choice. That was oh, not his plan oh that day. I promise you. <laughs> like, hey, look, man, you know, I don't care what your politics are. That was a stupid that statement. That was a dumb was statement. <laughs> oh my gosh. Why would you say that? Yeah. So. I feel like Warner Brothers, who actively has, you know, a popular black actor accusing them of racist shit. Like, they're just so... It's like the Jeff Johns, like, I demand to be called Lebanese. What are we talking about? What are you, do you not realize how this sounds? <laughs> <laughs> you guys are, like, trying real hard to put on a certain face. Yeah. And it's just not working for you. But Whatever. They get they they do what they got to do, I guess. Uh, Aquaman two, mm-hmm. they have cast uh, a guy I don't know, Game of Thrones uh, actor Pilu Asbeck. I have no idea. Yeah, they didn't say who he's playing either. And I only watched the first three episodes of Game of Thrones, and apparently yeah. the fourth is where it started getting real interesting. Yeah, I I watched about five or six minutes, and I was like, yeah. And then someone was like, I mean, there's a lot of incest in there. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. It's boring and it's incest. Nah. I'm I'm really not trying to knock it. I know a lot of people enjoyed this thing, but like, I just Mm. watched the first bit and was like, I just don't have time for this in my life and bounced. And then a year later when I was like, yeah, I I stopped at about this scene. That's the last thing I remember. They're like, holy shit, things got real fucked up after that. And I was like, okay, that sounds fine, but I just don't have time to go back now. Yeah. I remember someone trying to, someone was try, trying to sell it to me as, dude, it's like incest in capes. That is just, <laughs> what the fuck kind of pitch is that? <laughs> I was like, that's not a, that's, no, that, that doesn't sell me on anything. I don't want to see that. <laughs> I also remind me to never look at your internet history. <sighs> <laughs> it's just. Incest and capes. Good God, man. <laughs> and of course, now all the games of Game of Thrones people are like, season eight sucked. Yeah. I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I, look, man, I know you like vanilla ice cream, but have you ever tried, have you ever tried paperclip and burnt solo cup? <laughs> that is some shit right there. You need to get into it. I think I'm good. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I'm good. Thank you, though. <laughs> so uh Zack Snyder talked briefly about the restore the Snyderverse movement over on uh the Justice Con convention. Mm-hmm. Um he says, I'll say this, I think it is a concept that I believe shows sort of reverence for the work. Um and that way whenever it result whatever it results in, I have no idea. And most likely nothing, just based on, you know, and uh, he says he'll never dismiss the idea entirely. He says, I guess my point is that like the reverence for the work is a thing that I never would dismiss and or in any way say I don't respect and that I would not, of course, give my entire effort to support it because I think that we make the movies is made and is finished and it's there and all the characters and all the storylines and everything. We understand it. It's not like a, you know. And so if someone says to me, no matter who that person is, like, I really love that thing. I wish he would make another one. I personally am not a person who says like, well, that, you know, forget it. 
Like, you know, because I think that's rude. (laughs) (laughs) This is like a guy who's dealt with some Alan Wars and Harlan Elses in his life. (laughs) (laughs) Like, people are like, oh, my God, I love this thing you made. Fuck you. How dare you? And, you know, he said it's not likely to have for more to happen. But he says what's happened in the last three years for this movie to exist is impossible. So that's all I think. Yeah. So, yeah, um, he did confirm that uh, Wayne T. Carr was the actor who was going to be uh, John Stewart. And um, I, he says I know he's an amazing actor. I've just seen the pictures no. since that happened. And I thought, yeah, yep. He says he's an amazing actor and an amazingly kind gentleman. I told him that there was a chance it didn't make it in the movie as we were shooting it in my driveway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He says, I was talking to him the other day and he was just excited about it. He loved the movie and was super excited for the reception the film has gotten. And he's just completely gracious. That's because he's like, dude, if there's a sequel, I want to be in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he did confirm this. This was interesting. Someone pointed out that at uh, the timestamp 238.57 in BVS, that is the exact timestamp where Superman died. Oh, yeah. In BVS. I saw that. And the same timestamp, 238.57, in Zack Snyder's Justice League is when he's re- resurrected. I forget where I saw that. It was somewhere on Twitter. It, it That one blew my mind enough that I walked out of the bathroom where I had seen that. And, like, I forget what the hell my wife was doing. It was like, this, just listen. Just listen to me. Listen listen to what I'm about to tell you. The, do you understand how crazy this is? That The, the timestamp is the same. And she gave uh-huh. me that same kind of like, uh-huh, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. I was like, do, do you understand? It's it's. Do you realize what goes into editing a thing so that it's the same time? Like the whole movie had to be planned around a certain kind. Of- mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I know that look. Yeah. Okay. We're, can Can you change her? Yes, I can go change her. Just. I know I that need, look. I need you to understand what I'm telling you. Yeah. The other day, your wife made the mistake of asking me a question, and I rattled about a TV show for like 15 minutes, and she was just giving me that look the whole time. <laughs> I was like, going, mm-hmm. uh-huh. Like, she's registering it, but you can care. <laughs> you can tell the level of care is at about 25%. <laughs> and it may spike here and there, but... But yeah, so so some, some people were wondering if uh, there was a theory running around on the internet that... The two thirty eight fifty seven was in some way a reference to a a Bible verse that might have something to do with the resurrection of Jesus. <laughs> I didn't think about it, but but okay. What did the fan theory say? And and well, they well that was a theory. And Zach said, "Come on, guys! I literally just said that the other day. I was like, I wonder if it's a Bible passage." <laughs> and then he says, "I'm gonna say this. There's a chance it was on purpose." There's a chance it was a coincidence. If it's a coincidence, though, then it's such a crazy coincidence that it's not a coincidence. Oh, dude. Yeah, no, it's. So I did a search on uh, on Bible verses for 238. Uh-huh. And the only thing that comes up is Acts 238 that says, basically, they're saying to Peter, you know, you know, what can we do? How can we save ourselves? And then 238, Peter says, then Peter said unto them, repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So, as Superman is coming up out of his baptism, 
and the Justice League has just repented of their sins and decided to follow him into the sun. <laughs> oh. <sighs> just an accident. Just, yeah, I just, doubt uh, it. Just a trick of timing. That's all. It's an illusion. <laughs> Mirage. And this was fun. Everyone's been wondering who Granny Goodness was. Um, Zach said it would be a cool thing to cast Granny Goodness now because it would be kind of like being cast off of a drawing. A lot of people floated some really great people that uh, look like a look a lot like our person. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't I say that it was based on one of the Weta artists' aunt? The Weta artist who was making it, I said, I'd love her to look like this, like what Jojo drew. And she goes, or sorry, and he goes, that looks like my aunt. And I think he just kind of based it on that. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure Granny Goodness is just like a person in a, in, in like a mocap just suit. Just some lady. And they just, and they just created one of the Weta artists' aunt and threw her in the... <laughs> I don't think she's a real person. I don't think I so. I think that's hilarious, I, though. She, Who's the lady from, uh, was it Voyager? Uh, you, you, Kate Mulgrew? Maybe. Um, a blonde lady? I think she was Captain. Oh, no. No. It, Captain was not blonde. Maybe not. Maybe there not was blonde. a blonde on there. I mean, the blonde on the show was Seven of Nine. Jerry Ryan. Oh, that's not it then. Um, she was the Borg. It was, uh, God, it was back in like the UPN days of me watching Star Trek. I mean, yeah, that would be Voyager, but Captain Janeway was not blonde. She she had dark brownish hair. Oh, I'm I'm sometimes fully, a little red to me, but I'm fully fully ready to uh, admit that I did not remember that at all correctly. All I'm saying is I vaguely resembled that to me, but that's that's all I got. Okay. I think it was just something. So you think she looks a little like Kate Mulgrew? I guess a little <laughs> bit, because I guess the haircut reminded me a little bit. I mean, she never had that haircut, but. Well, shit, now I gotta go back and look at it. She had long hair, and then she had shoulder length hair. Now I'm in an entirely different place. I don't know what the hell you watched. Well, I, I gotta go back and. <laughs> you know. But it weren't no Voyager, man. Go back and redo my childhood a little bit. <laughs> it's okay. I'll, I'll look it up in the background mm. and we'll, we'll figure out what the fuck I was talking about. So this is infuriating because oh, definitely not came. There was okay. Uh, Yeah, I'll be working on this. It's fine. Okay, Uh, because I saw I saw headlines that were like Zack Snyder actually wanted to call the movie called Batman v Superman, Son of Sun and Night of Night, and that's not what happened. (laughs) That is not what happened at all. (laughs) Apparently, Warner Brothers really wanted. like a WWE match, Las Vegas bust them up title. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and let's see, it was, he, they said, um, Snyder said, I remember when, the, when there was a back and forth that I had with the studio, Batman v Superman, Dawn of justice was like the only title that Warner brothers liked the whole V instead of versus. It was like this crazy negotiation. I was like, guys, can't we just do something like son of sun and night of night or something that's a little bit more poetic. So he said something like, you know, he wasn't because he was uh, obviously playing off the man of steel thing. And they were like, absolutely not. And I was like, is it a court case because of the V? Yeah. That that was my, that's been my entire defense of, that title was mm-hmm. that it was Batman V instead of versus. 
And he says, uh, uh, apparently a list of potential titles mm-hmm. registered by the studio um, as online domain names included Man of Steel Battle the Night and Man of Steel Black of Night and Man of Steel Night Falls. I would have dug that. Um, he says, uh, sorry, Terrio said, I would have loved something really simple like Batman and Superman or something in the vein of Man of Steel that feels more like a like it's a progression of Man of Steel. For a while, we talked about actually titling it Justice League colon subtitle to suggest that the movie was going to be the beginning of the Justice League, even though it didn't really look like it. Like Justice League Foundations or Justice League Rising. Um, so yeah, I, so, but it's, Zack Snyder didn't literally want to call it Son of Sun and Night of Night, you guys. Yeah, I mean, that would have been weird. We all know that would have been weird. And clunky. <laughs> I mean, I don't think they would have named a... A comic book miniseries that no that would, that's awful and here's the weird thing david david ayer has has posted uh a picture of uh el diablo with the rest of the gang in the climax of the movie apparently he didn't die originally um <laughs> and uh he posted it in his instagram story and said it's time to chase your dreams Oh, yeah. I didn't see that. Now, uh, interestingly, though, someone posted a snippet of the um, what looks like the climax of Suicide Squad, of Ayer's Suicide Squad, where there were Jokers working with the Enchantress. Mm-hmm. Um, and then someone responded, holy shit, that's awesome. And AT&T, the official account, responded, it's pretty, it is pretty sweet, heart emoji. <laughs> and then that, that, comment was inundated with responses, quote, tweets, retweets, likes, and they deleted it. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So that might still be happening or it might happen. Uh, who the hell knows what's going on? I am thoroughly confused. <laughs> Speaking of that, this was news in December of 2020 and no one saw it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, David Cope, uh, frequent, Steven Spielberg collaborator. This guy's a screenwriter. Mm-hmm. Um, posted like a picture of his laptop and the window. It was like a snow covered field. Gorgeous. There's like a pretty tree outside. And he says, you know, something like, you know, not the worst thing, not, not a terrible view for work today. Mm-hmm. No one caught on what was going on in the news cycle. But the, the thing that was on his laptop, was a script. It was the title page and some dialogue, but the title was Blackhawks. <laughs> and a few people in the comments caught on and someone even asked him, is Spielberg still attached? And he said, yep. So apparently that's still happening. God, I'd forgotten <laughs> about that one. I mean, I don't, I don't trust What's it. it been I don't think it's really happening. Since we started thinking about that one. It has been a while. And I'm still down, man. I'm still dying. Like, the cool thing is if they had done like, you like know, that's... a crossover with Wonder Woman or something. But yeah, this could be bad memory uh, for sure. I feel like that was like before Scorsese and Joker were attached. It was, I think. Yeah. Because we were talking about if they did uh, Birds of Prey and Blackhawk at the same time. Oh, God. Yeah. Because of Lady Blackhawk joining the Birds of Prey in the comics. I mean, whole movements have come and gone. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> hmm. So isn't that weird? Yeah. 
And here's just a fun thing. We knew that Dave, this is the last movie news. Uh, Dave Bautista has been wanting to play Bane forever. As he should. And um, yeah. And it turns out um, basically what he did is he just kind of charged into Warner Brothers. (laughs) So far, fantastic. He just charged in and demanded to play Bane in any movies they had planned. And he says they were a little like, whoa, we're not even casting Bane. And I was like, I don't care. I'm playing him. (laughs) (laughs) I love this so much. It has the same energy as that time The Rock went into a meeting and there was no movie and he walked out and there were two movies. Uh Uh-huh. And he's like. (laughs) And I feel like there was secretly a moment where it was like, and if anyone disagrees, I can just like, you know, yeet you out that fucking window. This is how this can go. I don't care. And then on social media, he was like, I wasn't joking. In all honesty, they did have a good giggle and they showed me the exit. (laughs) He says, at least I gave it a shot. My life seems to be a continuing mission to find an alternative route to get where I want to be. I'm good with that. That's fair, man. I mean. They're just like, okay, buddy. Come on. Let's let's leave. All right. Thanks for showing interest in the thing that we're not doing. Can we have security to escort you out? Uh, uh, (laughs) Please also don't. Please don't kill the security officers. They're just doing their job. Right. All right. So that's all of our movie news. When I get... Sorry. Hold on. Hold on. I did find her. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, Tasha Yar. I was way off about character. Oh, that was season one of The Next Generation. Right. That wasn't UPN either. That was in syndication. Um, I think I picked up I the UPN good... part because I watched some of this on syndication in that. But I can't even mm. be sure of that. Just saying... Think that's who yeah. I was thinking about. I finally found a picture. Yeah, UPN didn't exist until something like '96 or something. Uh, I believe that. And Tasha Yar was like 1986. That all <laughs> sounds right. <laughs> uh, you talking about Denise Crosby? I am. Gotcha. I am. Not disputing a thing you said. <clears throat> I'm saying I think that was who I was thinking about. No. That no, was for some reason. 87, 87 for Tasha. Uh, that was a, a weird. <clears throat> A weird thing for uh, for me to even pull is some just someone I saw apparently on the Next Generation when I was watching that in syndication, mind you. I was not watching mm-hmm. the actual uh, aired episodes. Apparently, for some reason, when I saw Granny Goodness, that was what I was like, "Oh no, you know, that reminds me of that person." I don't. I have mm-hmm. no justification for what just happened here. It's a white lady with short hair. No, there was a certain turn to that hair. It was very specific. Of, com- of completely different age. Um, I think I thought that might be what she looked like now if she had kept the same hairstyle. It is. It's weird to think about it, but I, just you pointing out that you weren't, there was no way you were watching it first run. I, oh, I, I, I have not watched. I did watch Next Generation first run. first run. I've watched some. I mean, for sure. Like I've, I've watched, I don't know, a few seasons altogether. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it is weird to me that I watched the Next Generation in 1987 first run. No, I didn't. I watched it in the that is early 90s, all syndication, and I've probably watched about four seasons of any version of Star Trek, and it's all Deep Space Nine and TNG, and uh, and it's all in syndication. It all like well, it all I do want to clarify. I do want to yeah, I do want to clarify though that. Next Generation of Deep Space Nine and the first two or three years of Voyager were first-run syndication. They literally did not have a, a network. 
and they really made first run syndication uh, or next generation Bible. created a whole market yeah. for first run syndication programming. There was that. And I hope I helped with that. Except I also understand that this was in the era of net, uh, Nielsen ratings and no one ever uh, asked me for a survey. So mm-hmm. I don't think I actually did help with that. All right. All right. Uh, we're going to go to break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, <laughs> that Batman HBO Max spinoff that's not Gotham Central. Mm-hmm. And uh, so a little bit of Doom Patrol colliding with Sandman and some listener feedback. That's going to be some a lot of fun, honestly. So uh, see you in a minute. Hey, it's me, your cousin from Boston. I'm on the radio doing ads for Sam Adams. Now I'll be known as the Sam Adams guy instead of the dude who fell in the quarry. <clears throat> Sam Adams Boston Lager is crisp and refreshing, which is why I bring a six-pack wherever I go, except the movies anymore. Sam Adams from Boston with love. Here's a legal pot. Watch how fast I can read. The Boston Beer Company, Boston Mass. Drink responsibly. Now, is that 30 seconds? Are we even close? All right, we are back. We are medicated and uh, have expelled our bladders, mm-hmm. or at the very least, the contents of our mm-hmm. bladders. <laughs> the less painful of those two. <clears throat> I would imagine. Though I can't speak from personal Thank experience. Um, so someone asked the Gotham spinoff, or the HBO Max spinoff, which I'm calling Gotham mm-hmm. PD. And some people are still calling Gotham PD. Um, Asked the showrunner Joe Barton to address the comparisons to Fox's Gotham series. And uh, he said, very different. Now, Ed Brubaker, the the writer who created Gotham Central, was on uh, Fat Man on Batman. Or uh, I guess it's Fat Man Beyond. I, I don't know if it's still, I don't know what it's called now. <laughs> yeah. the article said fat man on batman so may, i don't know maybe he's back um and he was talking to to kevin and uh and mark bernard and uh he kind of broke down the the journey of gotham central and i just thought it was hilarious and fascinating he says they've been circling gotham central for so long you know gotham was originally supposed to be gotham central i was told by the people at dc you need to get all of your paperwork and uh, in to make sure you're covered for all the Gotham Central characters because in a month they're going to announce Gotham Central as a TV show and then at the last minute they decided to change it to Gotham and make it into little kid Bruce Wayne for some reason which is like okay when I worked on Westworld we were in the same building as Gotham and so I would run into Bruno Heller the showrunner in the elevator sometimes and we went to lunch he was like yeah I really wanted to make Gotham Central And then they just said, this is what it is. And so this is what it is. (laughs) And I was just like, tell me stories about Rome. (laughs) (laughs) He says that to me when they came out and then it wasn't Gotham Central. I was like, oh man, they're never going to make Gotham Central now. But then they announced this new one where I was like, maybe they're going to make Gotham Central now. Does it remind you of the old stories about how like Batman Beyond happened? Yeah. Like just... (sighs) Oh my god! I can't believe you're gonna make the show and by like end of an elevator ride and a walk across the park and like, well, no, we have a plan now, actually. Yeah, like <laughs> there's a dictate, and you're like, well, we're gonna make the most of it. 
Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then he says, Rucka's getting everything. The old guard, and he's got this Gal Gadot movie, and Stumptown was a hit until COVID happened. So I was like, maybe they're really going to make some Gotham Central this time. And so I reached out to a producer who works for Matt Reeves, and he says, no, that's not really Gotham Central. They're making sure that they don't call it Gotham Central, and it's more of a spinoff from the movie. It's like the James Gordon show. (laughs) (laughs) Which, you know, okay. it's I wouldn't fight the idea of the James Gordon show. Yeah. He says, I didn't even think about it. When I was like, is this Gotham Central? And it's like, no, it's Gotham Central, but with different made-up characters for the movies. So I was like, it's Gotham Central, but with characters that Matt Reeves created instead. And I'm like, whatever. Whatever. Gotham Central was such a ripoff of Homicide, the book, because Rucka and I were both obsessed with David Simon's Homicide book. Mm. We were being offered a revamp of Batman and the Outsiders, and we talked, and both of us had no ideas for Batman and the Outsiders, and we just wanted to write about the cops in Gotham City. Nice. <laughs> he said they they took editor Bob Shrek out to lunch and pitched him the opening scene of the first issue of Gotham Central, in which Mister Freeze freezes one of the characters' partners and then shatters him. <laughs> and Shrek agreed agreed to do the book on the spot. Mm. He also talked about a story of how Gotham Central got its name. He says apparently. Former DC editor Mike Carlin was determined to call the book Gotham Murder City, and nobody else liked that. And which and they had rejected the Gotham Central title. And while they were working on trying to come up with a better option everyone could agree on, uh, the DC chief Jeanette Kahn joined the conversation and Brubaker went over everyone's head and got her to side with him by sketching out what the Gotham Central logo would look like on a cover. <laughs> I don't know. I like all moment. that. Yeah. It's a That's pretty sweet. Uh, let's see. Over to Doom Patrol. Uh, they have cast Sebastian Croft and David Tennant's son, Ty Tennant, Ooh. as the Dead Boy Detectives. And they are a uh, a couple hmm. of uh, tiny Tennant. undead. I hadn't seen him. Yeah. Okay. Yep. They're a pair of characters. They're undead. Mm-hmm. And they are teen ghost detectives investigating the mysteries of the living. They were created by Neil Gaiman. And Matt Wagner and Malcolm Jones, and and they uh, showed up in Sandman number twenty five, and uh, now they're going to be on Doom Patrol. Don't know why, but they'll be there. And damn it, it seems like they would. Don't be. care. Love everything I just heard. Yep. <laughs> and that's our TV news. I need not let's, know the reason. Let's talk about some. <laughs> let's talk about a little bit of listener feedback that we've got here. Yep. And uh, I think it's some good feedback personally. But, uh, you know, you might not agree. I don't know why you would disagree. I, I just said that. Listener feedback. Uh, <laughs> over on YouTube, which, by the way, yes, we, we do put all these episodes up on mm-hmm. YouTube. Uh, Nicholas Ramming wrote, love your podcast, guys. Makes work fun. And so appreciate that. Mm-hmm. It's good to hear from you. Nick. Can I call you Nick? Should I just call you Ramming? <laughs> Nick Ramming. <laughs> No, 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 it's bad. Uh, Randy (laughs) over on Twitter, Randy SF 45 says, Batwoman no longer makes any sense. When I catch up, Randy, I'll let you know if I agree. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so far behind. I I don't know what the hell they're doing. Yeah, I'm a good five episodes. Um, I I have a plan for that and uh, it's not that far off, but 
I've had to do some scheduling. Yeah, I'll I'll plow through it one of these nights. Right now, I'm catching up on Superman and Lois, which is just you know total chef's kiss over here. <laughs> so far, yeah. anyway. Um, Giuseppe mm-hmm. over on Twitter says, uh, basing this on whether you've seen Invincible on Amazon Prime, who who do you think would win in a fight, Omni Man or Superman? Uh, I've seen the first episode of Invincible on Amazon Prime. Also, I have read the first story arc, first one or two story arcs in the comic books. I'm going to say Superman all day. Yeah. I've, I've Do you know anything about this? That. I was. The show is also high on my to-do list. God damn it. My to-do list of watching is just ridiculous. Yeah. I'm going to watch the yeah. show for that at some point because it looks fantastic. But. No, I got. Yeah, I have the no comic background. Is phenomenal. The comic's phenomenal. The first episode was a bit slow for me, but we'll see if it picks up. I hope it does. Um, yeah, my wife was unimpressed, <laughs> and she likes this stuff most of the time. Like I just walked out when we took her break. I just walked out, and she was kind of halfway asleep on the couch, and I was like, "Were you sleeping?" And she was like, uh, "I tried to watch Black Lightning, and my brain does this when I try to watch that." <laughs> I just kind of fall asleep You've every got time. Sleepy time. <laughs> she does not like this show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's a couple of those CW shows. She's just like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. I think she likes Superman and Lois, and she likes um, what else does she like? The Flash. Usually, I thought it was the Flash. But she hated the mirror universe story. They're the mirror ver- whatever they just they were just doing. <laughs> I did too. See that yet. I'm anyway. pretty far behind. Um, Giuseppe also asks if you haven't seen the show, then my other question is which Green Lantern of the Green Lantern Corps? <laughs> oh, that, oh, that Green Lantern. Right, so it's a fine place to put a Green Lantern. <laughs> right. Which Green Lantern do you guys prefer? Do you, I know what your, I know what your answer Me? is. Yeah. Yes. Power Anner. All day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I, I'm going to agree. I, I'm going to agree. I, you know, I, Kyle was my Green Lantern. He was the Green Lantern. He was the primary Green Lantern. Uh, when, when I got it really into comic books, when I got into JLA, uh, you know, Kyle in, um, Grant Morrison's, you know, JLA yeah. run. Uh, so I knew about Hal Jordan. Didn't really care. Um, <laughs> he was fine, I guess, but I didn't really like get into it. I got, I liked Kyle. I liked that. He was a, he was a comic book artist. Um, yeah. It, it, so, his constructs were a little more creative, you know, uh, mm-hmm. it wasn't, you know, <laughs> boxing gloves. Just a big shit. fist. Yeah. I get that. And so, I, honestly, I, I, I don't, I like all of them. Uh, the Green Lanterns I've really run across. Hell, even Guy yeah. is fun because he's obnoxious and punchable. Mm-hmm. And I'll say John Stewart's a close second. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, I got to, I knew he existed, but I got to know him on on uh, the uh, Dini vs. Justice League show. Yeah, and really, really liked that take on on uh, on John Stewart. The John Stewart in the uh, well, comic books in the last couple of years um, has. Honest, it, it just been fantastic. Like in in the I do like Jessica the Cruz Snyderverse of the bit. comic books. It's uh, yeah, it's been 
great. Yeah, Jessica Cruz has also been a genuine badass in the same mm-hmm. universe. A lot mm-hmm. of fun with that. I really, I really liked Jade back in the mm-hmm. day uh, when she was with Kyle. Uh, Jade, of course, the daughter of Alan Scott, the original Golden Age Green yeah, Lantern. Yeah, the one that, um, you know, is not really of the Green Lantern Corps all the way. Yeah, she's just kind of made of the Green I mean, she is, but then she's also kind of magic or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, all that being said, I do think about uh, Mogo quite a bit. Maybe more than is healthy, the the, the planet Green yeah. Lantern. I mean, it's... It's still an interesting concept that Alan Moore created. Yeah, yeah. Just that there would be a planet, like you know, every uh, writer wanted to come up with, or uh, artist wanted to come up with, like a new funky looking green, like a you know, a squirrel or just like a ball, like a bouncy ball, or whatever. Uh huh. Eh, you know, why not just go, go for it? He's a whole planet. Yeah, and you know, I kind of so like to think I, that there's like a a race of fruit fly Green Lanterns. And they just keep like passing the mantle on Maybe. every uh, 26 hours or so. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess, you know, my favorite Green Lanterns, maybe top five would probably be, you know, uh, Kyle Rayner, John Stewart, Jade, uh, Mogo, and F Sharp Bell. <laughs> All right. I love F Sharp Bell just because lo- it's a really neat concept. Yeah. I love F Sharp yeah. Bell. If you don't know, it's an Alan Moore creation, yep. just like Mogo. Uh, he is a creature who grew up, or you know, was from a planet that didn't have didn't have light, mm-hmm. so he's blind. He never his species never evolved to see, so he doesn't know what color is. He has no concept of mm-hmm. color. Uh, but so when they recruit him, instead of him being a Green Lantern, since he doesn't know what the hell that is. Uh, he does know what sound is, so basically he's the F sharp bell. Uh, I mean, he he still <laughs> I, understood I like pitch and timbre, or however you want to say that word. Yeah, like yeah, I know what that instrument is, and I know what what note it's playing. That's a lot to communicate. Yeah, they they made a really cool uh, movie masters for the Ryan Reynolds movie. They made a, a series of figures called movie masters. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the lanterns they made, they made a ton of like really cool, realistic, beautifully detailed, rendered um, alien green lanterns. And one of them was F sharp bell. And that bastard sitting on my shelf right now. Yeah. I like that one. I still like so, Kilowog. Uh, yeah. I like Kilowog. All right. Nothing against him. Uh, always fun to hear the, you know, the whole, uh, you know, the catchphrases, Hoosier, whatever. Yeah. Uh, Hoosier. Um, now this is a holdover from last week, Dr. Steve at weird medicine, Mm -hmm. uh, apparently, uh, tweeting to us from the (laughs) nineties says, I have a question. Was I, (laughs) I'm in the house. I, I, as in literally, I guess I should say was, uh, I'm I'm literally in the house, as in that uh, scream spoof, and I'm going to kill you soon. <laughs> I'm going to shoot one of the weigh-ins, uh, and uh, you'll be able to get high out of the smoke coming out of my chest. Mm-hmm. Naturally. I feel like I blended all those movies. What were the what were the spinoffs called? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the spinoffs of what scream, exactly? Mostly, but 
It was like Scream oh, and you talking about scary movies? Yeah, it was. It was just a scary, scary movie. movie. That's right. It was like Scream yeah. and I know what you did last summer and what was the other major franchise? Oh well, yeah. Well, I know what you did last summer was not a spinoff. It was just a cash in. Oh no, I just mean there was like a. <laughs> We had this little genre of movies, and I think Blair Witch. Anyway, there was a whole uh, list of movies no, that the scary Blair movies Witch were was spoofing. Blair Witch was, you know, I thought they did this spoof reinventing of like the, the uh, uh, you know, the the snot bubble spoof. They the scary movies did the scary movie. Yeah, the, those were way in a way in uh, vehicle. Keenan Ivory Wayans, yeah. They yeah they were absolutely just spoofing lots of different things. Oh, that's what I was saying. And uh, it was like yeah, our generation's yeah. okay. uh, you know junior high and high school scary movies. But well, I were clearly spoofed as scary movie. Right. Yeah. Only saw that first scary movie. I I didn't find it funny. I don't remember what I didn't didn't see at that point. It's been so long. There was a couple of funny bits, but anyway, Chris Balga. Mm-hmm. Of World's Finest True Believers, mm-hmm. uh, fantastic podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be on that podcast soon. Uh, sent us a question. What unannounced cameo in Flashpoint, a.k.a. the Flash movie, would you love to see what actor slash actress should play it and what is their purpose in the movie? Uh, and then someone, Steve Rogers, over on Twitter responded to him and said it would be a crime not to have Grant Gustin's Flash somehow cameo. I agree with that. I I really want to see Grant Gustin. Yeah, 100%. Um, I think I would like to. What? Okay. I'll I would love to, to see Michelle Pfeiffer. That is explicitly from the like the CW verse. I would mm-hmm. I would kind of accept any any version of that. I would take anybody from Titans. Yes. I would take. I would love to see anything from Doom Patrol, um, CW verse, whatever. I would love to see Michelle Pfeiffer reprise her role as Selena Kyle, yeah. and I'll do do you one better. I would like to see uh, Michelle Pfeiffer and Ashley Scott as Selena Kyle and Helena Wayne, respectively. <laughs> well, all right. What about a scene where it's uh, it's Ben Affleck and. Um... Uh, Michael Keaton, you know, Bruce Wayne it up. And then uh, toward the end of the scene, like David Mizzou walks in. I take that. I can dig that too. Basically, I I think what we're saying is any of the major properties that are hanging about that were put on the table as a result of the CW and the, you know, crisis on infant earths kind of thing. If, if you can throw us a bone from that area, it would go Mm -hmm. a very long way. Is Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield a, a possibility? I, I'm not hating it. Can we can we just have Tom, Toby, and Andrew show up and do Spider Verse Flash? I <laughs> can we can we have our first DC Marvel crossover event? <laughs> yes. Amalgam that shit. Yes. We're good. <laughs> um, yeah. I will take it. Yeah. Pull me some David Holler. Um, he can show up wherever. Lux Peck. Sir Luke Luxpeck tells us, congratulations for all the work, guys. I, I love your content. Keep it up with the good work. I've been a fan since 2019, and I always try not to miss an episode. Regards from Brazil. Nice. Thank you, man. It's very nice. Glad you're enjoying mm-hmm. the show. Thank you. It's always it's always nice to hear when, when people are enjoying the show. 100%. I always feel weird uh, saying that. It is I know. genuinely good. I just don't know how to say it. But they have a, it's like Zack Snyder though, man. We got to listen to Zack, you know, we got to, people are, are respecting the work. 
And and to dismiss that is rude. I mean, that's fine, but. <laughs> <laughs> to, um, Giuseppe. Uh, just can't, can't follow you on the comparison part is not, no. Oh, well, yeah, we've got reference to Bible verses. Sure. We've got a. Uh, yeah, no, know, dude. Um, uh, P136. You know, you know, we, we, we've got, uh, you know, allegories or whatever. Yeah. S152. <laughs> Four times two, two is 69. Giuseppe over on Twitter says, which green lantern, or sorry, which lantern ring would you guys choose if given the chance? White, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, or violet? I am blue lantern all day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so I would go with indigo. Now, I... Because it's it's still blue. It's not though. It's a dark blue. No, it's it's purple. But look, when you look at the like, okay, I'm definitely not. It is really is the best ring, okay? Because <laughs> when you actually when you when actually I looked it up exact because I'm colorblind, mm-hmm. I couldn't tell if it was blue or purple. It is dark. Blue. No, it's purple. No, I looked it up. It tell like the internet told me. I, I, I don't care. It is officially what the a dark blue. Told you. <laughs> Google told that me is not officially. It is a dark blue, but here's, here's the real reason yeah. though, despite well, color, you know, the indigo ring, you're able to heal the sick and the wounded. And I think that would be great. I would love to be able to do that. Plus you can absorb and utilize the lights of other core and temporarily become a part of any other core. Okay. Yeah. In that sense, so it's, it's basically, super, it's, it's super good. It, and I thought like maybe white, but then I was like, no, because you don't actually have, you don't have control over the white ring. You're like doing the bidding of the white ring or whatever it is. So. <laughs> yeah. All right. So the white and black rings are pretty much like you're, you're, yeah. You don't want to be dead. You don't really want either so of no them. So no black ring. Because they're, they're both yeah. kind of going to take advantage of you. Even, all right. So the, the, the precious hope ring, the blue ring. Mm-hmm. It, that's where it's the hardest to control it, though. Yeah. It's, it's unwieldy. And mm-hmm. one of my problems with it philosophically is like, it's a hope ring. Like you can hope for mm-hmm. things, but it, can you hope for something and do it? Like, can you hope and instantiate right. in the same breath? I, mm-hmm. I, I, I wonder about the causality of that. So like, what do you do with the actual ring? If you're just a hoper? Mm hmm. And you know you can take one look at any of my pictures and know that I'm not I'm not in Green Lantern. I have no willpower. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I lean towards the yellow ring because I mean I, I like everybody in the yellow ring core. <laughs> like, but and I'm like, yes, fear fear is an effective way, but you don't want to do yeah. that. You don't. That's one of those like, huh, well, I guess I fall into this category. Like someone put me here. This is not like a thing you choose. Yeah. So, uh, you know, really, uh, Indigo is the way to go because I can be any other core member. You know, every once in a while I can be Avarice, fulfill like it. I could be Yellow. I could be Fear. I, I like the transferability. That's pretty good. I mean, and you don't want to. And I like to be able to heal the sick. You don't want to get, yeah. Uh, you don't want to get into like just like Avarice or something like that. Or uh, it, Yeah. That seems like a. Just a city, shitty place to spend your time emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't know. Uh, yeah. I If we're talking about the wildiness of it, even, uh, willpower might be the thing. I think maybe they picked right out of the gate on that. Uh-huh. Like, if your entire thing is you just will things into existence. Yeah, that's... Mm-hmm. that's uh, I, I could get behind that. Yeah. Yeah, just hoping. I could see the bouncing around, too. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, and I don't want to, you know, actually be a member of the Red Lanterns in any capacity. I have a lot of built-up rage, <laughs> but yeah. I've like I feel I feel like I've worked with the human equivalent of atrocities. Mm-hmm. I don't know, uh, dreaded work every day. Yeah. So indigo. <laughs> yeah. Plus, I'm a hypochondriac, so if I could just like be able to heal myself, yeah, that'd be great. I mean. The, the fear ring sounds kind of easy in a way. Like if you had that much power, surely you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Surely you can inflict fear pretty easily. Yeah. But like, you know, I will have conversations with people who are very willful and they always just overpower me. So like all of my friends would be green lanterns and I'd just be fear. So yeah, that doesn't sound fun for me. <laughs> pass. Hard pass. <laughs> um, Henry Cooper <laughs> over on Twitter. Says, we know the basic plot of the planned Batfleck project. If there was a second entry, what villains would you like to see him go up against? My picks would definitely be Scarecrow, Mr. Freeze, Deadshot, or Poison Ivy. Those are four distinctly different movies, I think. Oh, very much, yeah. Um, I don't think I like even the combinations of I those. don't know. Mm-mm. I don't want to see Scarecrow because we've seen him before. I don't want to see Mr. Freeze because we've seen him before. I don't want to see Poison Ivy because we've seen her before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to see Deadshot because he's boring to me. <laughs> um, oh, wait. He's Will Smith in that universe. In that universe, he'd be a lot better. He might be fun. But uh, we've already seen him go up against Batman. So. I mean, kind of. but We've seen him before. There's a little bit of we've seen him before that. Uh, but. Only kind on the actually getting to see him go up against. It's more like the end game we saw. Yeah, I, I don't know. I I don't want to see Penguin because I'm pretty sure they they were going to pick Josh Gad for a while. I just don't <sighs> trust it. I don't want to see it. I mean, if they make it, I'll see it. But I'd be curious. But it it didn't strike my fancy. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know who I'd be interested in seeing. I really, I just I. And I know I've said I've, we've seen all these things before. I really did just want a standoff between him and Jared Leto's Joker. I just wanted to see how that played out. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that would be. And I guess I wouldn't mind maybe the seeing top of like line a, if I had to pick. Oh, Catwoman. I want Gar- Carla Gugino Catwoman. Yeah, I can buy on that too. I mean, as far as like Hell who we've seen yeah. before, that's one thing. Um well, I just shy away from that naturally, I guess. But, I mean, there are people that we've seen before that I would like to see, like new iterations of characters. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't mind Poison Ivy, I guess, out of that group, just because I, I would want to lean more into the uh, environmental terrorist aspect of her. Yeah. I mean. Like like animated series did. Yeah, true. I mean, I, I, I always want a Scarecrow. It's just one of my favorite mm-hmm. villains, but I don't. It'd have to be something a little bit new. Like, I don't want somebody who's just trying to poison the water or something. That's <laughs> kind of been there. And I, I didn't even like that in Batman nah. Begins. Honestly. 
I, I think there's a lot to play with there. I, I, I wouldn't mind a version where it's just uh, more Jonathan Crane than Scarecrow, but um, oh, kind of a not trying to go into this uh, super villainy kind of thing so much as just trying to uh, like a horror movie with, <laughs> you know, Ben Affleck as the, the Batman that's being terrorized for parts of the movie. That that could be a lot mm-hmm. of fun for me, but I have an idea. Mm-hmm. I think I would like to see. I think I would like to see a Court of Owls slash Owlman Thomas Wayne thing situation, like Bruce's dead brother that he thought was dead or didn't know was even mm-hmm. a thing comes back as as like a talon or something, you know, or like the leader of the talons. I can see that we could do like a big combo. I can see that. <laughs> That might be really cool. Like Bruce has to investigate his own family and realizes that he had a brother he never knew about. <laughs> no, no. Uh, and lastly, uh, last question. Ryan Hulsman mm-hmm. uh, gives us GIF, a GIF of uh, the that first thug from uh, Batman, the 1989 movie, screaming, "Who are you?" And I assume that's our qu- the question. Who are you mm-hmm. to us? Uh, we are DC on screen. Mm-hmm. And you can find every episode on DCOnScreen.com. <laughs> uh, like, I want I, I to stop done. you. But, <laughs> meh, let it ride. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we'll be back. Until then, keep some DC on your screen. Our intro music is by Jason Goss and Michael Shackelford. Michael's band, Galactic Engineers of Magnetic Sounds, or GEMS, can be found on SoundCloud and Bandcamp. Visit DCOnScreen.com to find our Patreon, merch, contact information, and every episode of the show for free, including crossovers we've done with other podcasts. DC Onscreen is a maladjusted production. For more from me and Jason, including sketch comedy, vlogs, parodies, and our improvised web series Hey Guy, visit maladjusted.tv. Introducing Masagave Premium Hard Seltzer from Founders Brewing Company, an impeccably crafted hard seltzer brewed with organic blue agave nectar, real fruit juice, natural cane sugar, and sea salt, creating a bright and bold-tasting hard seltzer with an alluring aroma coming in at only 110 calories. Rise above your expectations and reach for real Masagave Premium Hard Seltzer. Visit foundersbrewing.com to learn more. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl and a foul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, price and coverage match limited by state law.